0: Success in our schools, and for our students, is a direct result of the energy and commitment of Anoka Hennepin's dedicated employees. This is Superintendent David Law. Each year, our school district coordinates an awards program called Above and Beyond. Employees are nominated and recognized for exceeding expectations. This year's Above and Beyond recipients include a list of 14 exemplar employees. They are rock stars who make a difference for their students. Unfortunately, safety guidelines related to COVID-19 forced us to pursue an alternate recognition for these employees. We hope you enjoy this podcast series and learning how Anoka Hennepin's employees go above and beyond.
1: This is Jim Skelly, director of communications for the Anoka Hennepin School District. I'm here with John Clarkin. We're proud to name an Above and Beyond Award recipient this year. And John serves as a teacher at River Trail Learning Center at LO Jacob in Coon Rapids.
2: Uh, John, first of all, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much, Jim. I'm very proud to be nominated and proud to win the award. Well, we'd like to
1: kind of start a little bit to get a little background on you, John. Uh, if you could kind of explain how you got started with Anoka Hennepin and maybe some of your education background, where you're from, your high school and college
2: background. Sure. Uh, I grew up in La Crosse, Wisconsin, so I am a cheese head, and I do like the Packers. Okay. Um, I went to uh, Catholic school, Catholic boy. Um, I was involved in a lot of sports in high school and in college. Um, I went to Winona State, but my first degree was not in education. So I kind of went off a little route and then came back to it a few years later and then got my teaching license from Mankato State. Um, I think I've taught in about five different districts, uh, or maybe four. I taught at Brooklyn center high school is my first district. Um, my first six years was a setting three EBD teacher. And then I went to Osseo, uh, for a few years, but then I live in Anoka. Uh, my daughter went to Anoka high school and there was a position open at Anoka middle school, which is like a mile from my house, less than a mile. So that's kind of what brought me back. To Anoka, Anoka Hennepin was getting the job at uh, Anoka Middle School, and I was there for a few years. But I always like the self-contained classes where, when you're in a big school and you're the EBD teacher, you're kind of on island on your own. Um, but uh, being at River Trails, you're kind of like everyone's. It's a level four, but everyone's in the same boat. They, everyone understands the kids, and they're all working on the same things. So I've been at River Trails for four years. Um, And uh, I teach high school uh, EBD boys, and uh, it's been challenging and rewarding at the same time. I
1: bet. So now you're in an environment with um, many of the teachers are doing the same type of work that you're doing. Is there anyone throughout your career that um, you learn from or the other teachers that you worked with in the past that you learned from or someone that maybe even inspired you to get into this uh, type of teaching?
2: I would say – uh, the first one would be my first principal at Brooklyn Center. His name is George Larson. He was the principal there, and he was an old English teacher and hockey coach, but he was always so supportive of our program. If I wanted to try something out of the box, um, a, a business venture even there, we did a paper route. We delivered papers there. Uh, took the kids out in the community. He'd always be open to the ideas and let us try things, even if it failed. Um, that was one of the first mentors I think that really opened me like, Hey, you can think out of the box. And if it doesn't work, Hey, at least you tried. Um, and I would even say my director that I work with now, Stephanie at river trails, um, she's allowed us to do different things. And that we'll talk about later is, um, doing some business ventures with the kids at river trails. She's always open to different ideas and she'll say, Hey, let's try that. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Okay. So those two are probably pretty much, the two mentors have been around me that I've looked up to.
1: You know, when you think about schools, um, John, um, a lot of times you have a good, you might have a good day, you might have, some days are better than others maybe, um, and some days are just outstanding. So could you talk about a time that, when you had maybe a favorite moment that you had working
2: in the school district? Well, I think with uh, students with emotional behavioral disorders, it's more, you don't really get it at the time. (laughs) every day is kind of a a battle of please do this, you know, don't do that. A lot of, you know, give and take. But I remember a time when I worked at a student at Anoka Middle School and uh, he came back when he went up to the high school, he'd come back and visit. And it's those times that the kids kind of get it after they're gone from you and they come back and say, Hey, Mr. Clark, and thanks for all the things you did for me. And that one student is probably, he also touched base with me this summer. And he's done with school. He's uh, had a job at Cub Foods. So it's, a lot of times with our students, it's not at the moment, but it's the few years later that they come back to you and say, hey, um, thanks for all the things you did for us, that kind of stuff. Sure.
1: You, you know, one thing that people talk, when they talk about schools, they they want they have ideas about how to make school better. You know, people from outside of um the district or parents, um, certainly students probably have ideas how to make school better. If you could change one thing about schools, what, what would you do? How would you make it
2: different? I think our schools nowadays need to be more, I don't know, vocational path. Not everyone needs to go to a four-year college. Like some of my students would benefit from a more vocational setting. I know we have the STEP program, but a lot of our students have a hard time getting into that program. Um, they don't necessarily need all the things we teach them during the day, but maybe they need, if they're interested in being a plumber, what can we do as a ninth graders to get them on that trail to that vocation rather than worried about, well, you need to take foods class or you need to take, uh, geography or history, um, look at the route they want to take as a career and shorten that a little bit, make it easier for them and more obtainable.
1: It leads nicely into your application. Your nomination form had references to uh, some student-led businesses that you have at school mm-hmm. and uh, indicating you're really trying to get your students ready for life after school. So what, what a, what's the goal behind the student-led business program for your students? Maybe you could explain a little bit about t- some of the things that you're
2: doing. Yeah, sure. Um, last year, well, actually, uh, yeah, last year, Um, we were looking at what, you know, I teach juniors and seniors and what can we do to help them, uh, get ready for a lot of them have a hard time just getting a job and maintaining a job. So I thought, well, we were around L.O. Jacobs. We have a lot of nice neighborhoods around there. Let's, uh, I I opened up the brainstorming to the boys. Hey guys, what kind of things could we do here? And one of the guys came up with, well, why don't we go out and rake leaves? So what we did was he came up with a sales pitch. Uh, We typed it up and, of course, we practiced it over and over and over again. Um, And then we went out in the community and we knocked on doors and we said, hey, uh, would you like us to come? And we went around our whole blocks of around L.O. Jacobs, where we are, and we got some customers. And the boys did a great job of going in there. We actually just asked for donations. We didn't ask for any money, but most people are really nice and generous Most of the people loved us coming in and they thought the things we were doing were great. They'd give us cookies, they'd feed us. Um, One family said, Hey, in the spring, come back and we'll have a swimming pool party. Um, So the guys really liked doing that. And then we did it this year. Uh, Again, we went out and we even got more customers. Um, And then this year, we also, after, because the season for raking is so little, it's a small window. And we had to get kids out like every day. And there was sometimes, I think last year, I think our last customer we were raking in the snow. <laughs> I mean we were raking while it was snowing or our snow on the ground. Um but this year we thought well what can we do after the raking season is over. So we did what was uh, the tie blankets. Everyone you buy them at Joint Fabrics, the tie blankets. And so we um got some donations and we from staff and the coupons from join Fabrics and different places and we bought some fabric fleece and the boys and girls everybody in the building made these tie blankets and we made probably about 10 of them and then we sold them at one of our conference nights we have a lot of different conferences at um, river trails which is different probably a lot of other schools we have like carnival night stuff like that we bring families in and give them food and have a lot of fun games so we had some of the students man the tables and we sold these blankets and well it's been kind of tough right now, but all the profits we made from the raking business and the uh, tie blankets, we're going to go on a field trip. We're going to go to a field trip at the end of the school year to maybe uh, Grand Slam or that a lot of the kids are talking about the trampoline place. But unfortunately, right now, we might have to hold on to that money and save it for next year because we're not sure where the school year's going. So that's kind of where we're at with that. And so we also have some pillows we made, tie pillows. So who knows where it'll go next year? Um, And it's not just me. I mean, there are other staff that are helping me in the building, bring fabric in. And we also made hats and scarves. So, I mean, it's kind of expanded to the whole building involved, um, because River Trails has, uh, we have students with emotional behavioral disorders, obviously, we also have schools with, uh, a lot of our students have autism. So we have them kind of separated, but this raking business and the blanket business bring a lot of the students together that have, normally we they wouldn't see each other and it's nice to see them meld and get along
1: there's a couple of things that come to mind when you're explaining that one is um the ideas incorporating the ideas of students into your plan and then also working as a team Mm -hmm. um you know when you look at um students what do you think it is that they really need the most from the school i
2: think this uh students that we need from the schools are compassion and understanding um Push them as far as you can and just kind of pull back. Um, sometimes in special ed, sometimes, you're know, like right now we're kind of seeing it that a lot of our students need a lot of our help, but sometimes, sometimes we help a little bit too much. Um, so maybe try to get them to be more independent in completing their assignments. But push them just enough, but let them fail and then look back and say, hey, what can you do different next time?
0: Hi, my name is Testa Geist with the Anoka-Hennepin Educational Foundation. As the district's nonprofit partner, we're delighted to recognize you as our Above and Beyond Award recipients. You are selected from nearly 8,000 employees for what you do every day for our students and families. As a colleague and a parent, you make me proud. Thank you for what you do every day and keep up the great work.
1: Welcome back. Uh, we do appreciate the support of the Anoka-Hennepin Educational Foundation. You know, students benefit from a highly productive and qualified staff, those who go above and beyond. And we're here with John Clarkin, who serves as a teacher at River Trail Learning Center at L.O. Jacob. Ironically, John, one of the oldest facilities in the district, but soon to become one of the newer um, in our district with a, a nice addition that's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, John is one of the 14 recipients of the Above and Beyond Award. You know, one of the things in your uh, nomination, John, was talking about the connections that you make with students could you talk a little bit about that, how you make that connection with, with your students and uh, why that's an important thing?
2: I guess for me, um, I'm a sports guy all my whole life. I've been involved in a lot of sports and a lot of my boys love basketball. We play a lot of basketball in the gym uh, after school or after, during the day at, after lunch. Um, so I try to get involved with them as far as the sports aspect. We'll throw the football around. Uh, we'll play kickball. We'll play baseball. Um I think one of my boys this year wanted to join the Coon Rapids high school basketball team and he wanted some extra time just getting ready for the tryouts. So we hooked up at the Andover Community Center a few times and we worked out, um, told them everything because I coach basketball um at RC level. So it's kind of showing them, you know, this is what you're gonna need to do when tryouts come in. So just those kind of things and worked out with them. Um, I don't play video games. I got to admit, so I can't connect with them that way. Uh, But most of the boys love basketball. They love sports. Even if it isn't just basketball, it's football or whatever it is. um, You try to connect with them uh, in a sports aspect. And many times, if my boys have FIAD, then usually that's my prep time. I'll go down and play sports with them and not even worry about my prep. If they can see you play a game of kickball with them or play a game of baseball, you really can connect with them and give them that high five. It's a different aspect than teaching them math or English. Um, and they really appreciate that. And I I like it myself.
1: It sounds like you th- feel like being involved in an activity is an important thing for a student. And it is. Th- that should be some for your students too, not just students at the traditional high schools. Yeah. You know, this year, I'm gonna throw in a, co- a couple of fun questions here, John, if that's okay. Uh, you sure. may be aware that our, our theme for this year was our staff are rock stars. Uh, Just another way of saying that our staff goes above and beyond. Uh, Do you have any kind of any bands or music you like to listen to or any songs you might know all the lyrics to? Do you have any favorite
2: musicians? I will tell you, I don't know a lot of lyrics to all my songs, but I am an old rock guy. So I love uh, Led Zeppelin, um, uh, Foreigner, Styx, Journey, Van Halen, those type of. So anytime I can listen to some of those guys, um, that gets me going.
1: <laughs> I think we might know what the warm-up songs are for your games
2: then you're coaching basketball. <laughs> well, to be honest, nowadays you try to do it for more for the players and some of the songs they listen to. Uh doesn't get me excited, but it gets them up.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um you know, music does motivate people, uh, kind of gets them excited and fired up for what, what's ahead of them. Um, you know, when you come into work, John, what, what inspires you?
2: You know, I've been doing this, uh, wow, this is my 21st year of teaching. Um, I guess what inspires me is just looking to see each year what I can do different to help the students. Obviously, it's it's changed in the last 20 years. Um, when I started teaching at Brooklyn Center, we didn't have phones to deal with, but there was more physical interactions that kids would get in, in space. With their, and with You had to work, break up fights more. Nowadays, it's like, how can I get them interested in more than just sitting on their phones? Um, So there's always change. Our job is always changing every year with the paperwork and the content of what we want to teach them. So it's always evolving and I always want to evolve with it. And I'm always trying to think out of the box of how I can touch students and what can I do to make them better, better individuals and better people.
1: You know, one of the things we picked up in reviewing your application was um, how you involve students in planning as far as their own education. Can you talk about that a little bit, about,
2: you know, what you're thinking about when you when your students have that IEP meeting, what yes. they all might be in that? Sure. I mean, the one thing that's, uh, it's called Individual Education Plan, and it's for the students. But there's been so many times through the years that a lot of the students don't know what their IEP says, what goals are on them, um, what is all about. They don't even know anything about it. A lot of them don't even attend the meetings. So in the last couple of years, um, what I like to do is try to involve the students. Um, I usually have my peers help out as well, is we have them make a PowerPoint presentation they give at their IEP meeting. And we'll go over that with them. And we plan it ahead of time. And the students go into the meeting and they give their IEP. Um, And really, it makes for a really nice meeting because it covers all the bases of the IEP. And by the time you're done with it, but there really is not much more you have to do. It really speeds up the process of the IEP as well. And so um, it's there. It's for them. They should be involved in it. Um, so it is one thing that I got to say it's been really effective is especially describe, I've got some seniors and the seniors are going to be graduating off their IEPs. So they see what I have to do to graduate. Um, so the PowerPoint has been a great tool and I know other students. Teachers in the building of museum and other people in the district. So um, it's great to have those kids plan their stuff and know what they have to do to graduate.
1: You know, John, it sounds like you're locked in on teaching. You enjoy working with your students. You've been you've been at it and been successful. But if you uh, if you won the lottery and you decided this is it, it's over. I'm not going to teach anymore. Uh, what what would you do? What, what would you
2: do instead? Well, I saw that question yesterday, and my wife and I were talking about it, and she's like, I know what you would say. Well, there would probably two things I would do. Um, I'm a big Notre Dame football fan, so I'd probably get my season tickets to Notre Dame, which are hard to get. (laughs) Um, The second one I'd probably do is get a a summer home in Ireland. And probably while I saw, I would probably have been thinking about this for a while. I love sports and I would stay in sports. I always thought it'd be great to build my own gym and offer uh, basketball programs to students and players that can't afford the expensive AEU programs, um, have my own program where we go and have tournaments and just help the kids who just can't always get everything they want. So I, I would never be a person that just say, hey, I'm going to retire and go sit in a corner and rock in a rocking chair. I'd want to be busy. But um, it'd be nice to be able to do a little bit more stuff traveling too.
1: We've got kind of one more question for you, John. It really talks about your students. And and you can certainly throw in uh, some f- closing comments here as well. But if you could pass on any wisdom to your students, um, what would you tell them? What would you share?
2: I would say the one thing that uh, my father always instilled in me uh, growing up was always finish what you start and always give it your best 100%. And I I remember growing, uh, my daughter now who's 24, graduated from college, graduated from high school. One of the sayings we always had in our home is always finish what you start um, and have great work ethic. So I think uh, my two things would be finish what you start and have great work ethic. Whatever the job is, do it the best you can, because that will, give you an opportunity to get a better job in the future.
1: Well, John, those are great words to close on. We certainly appreciate you uh, coming along and being part of our podcast series. Something new for us here. We're trying to um, branch out and get the word of our above and beyond winners out there into the community. And uh, congratulations to you on your selection. Thank and you. Certainly. And thank you
2: for all that you do for our schools. Thank you very much. It was a very, very proud moment to get nominated and win. And I can't wait to uh, get back in the school.
0: Above and Beyond Recognition is indeed a special honor. Nearly 200 employees were nominated this year and a selection committee carefully reviewed applications to arrive at the awardees selected. Who can nominate an employee? Parents, students, employees, volunteers, or community members, anyone can nominate school employees whose performance they considered to be extraordinary. Special thanks goes to the Anoka Hennepin Education Foundation for sponsoring the Above and Beyond Awards. Learn more about their work at ahef.us. For more information about Above and Beyond winners, listen in for additional podcasts in this series or visit ahschools.us forward and beyond.